This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Just after 12 o'clock. And this, of course, is the DL Link show brought to you by 101.9 Chai FM, the show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. My name is Nikki Seberini. I'm really looking forward to spending the next hour with you, and I hope you are too. We have a fabulous show lined up for you, and uh, once again, you're just going to get pearls of wisdom and ideas and insights, so just make sure you stay right where you are. Right, let me tell you what you have to look forward to. I have the wonderful Linda Levy, who will be joining me in the studio shortly. She is a motivational speaker. She's a very good personal friend of Michelle Goodman. And a very good friend of the DL Link So Linda's going to be sharing her story And also telling us about the wonderful, wonderful work That she does with the DL Link And then we're crossing over to um, Shandy Jacobson In the United States of America um, It's very early for Shandy And we're rather delighted she's going to be joining us And she's the director of the Rosh Chodesh Society The Raw Jewish Learning Institute of Brooklyn She's also going to be telling us um, a little bit about her life And the incredible work that she does In assisting Jewish children who have lost their parents Which unfortunately just seems to be more and more of a reality for more children we, we talk about on the DL link just the increase of, of cancer and other awful awful illnesses out there and um, it's, it's just incredible that there are organizations who are there in support of families um, on so many levels so um, Shandy's organization the Rosh Chodesh Society the DL link here in Johannesburg um, and we hold our head up very 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 high um, because the work is just it's it's just so incredibly precious within our community so let's get started I'd like to welcome Linda Levy onto the show Linda welcome welcome thank you thank you Nikki special thank to be you. here well it's lovely thank to you. have you and thank you for joining us Pleasure. And you and Michelle go back a long way. You For, say, hi, Shell, and I'm going, who's Shell? <laughs> <laughs> I know who is Mish. <laughs> oh, to me, she's always been Shell. And no, we go back very long. Uh, my father and Michelle's father were best, best friends. Wow. And Pretoria girls. Pretoria. Uh, Pretoria yes. girls born there, raised there, and we weren't at the same school, but our Parents and our families were always connected and we just remained connected. In fact, I went to college to JCE and Michelle was there already. Um, and we shared, uh, the same residence, Medhurst, the JCE Medhurst residence. And we've just always been very, very close friends. And in fact, my husband's family, his parents were lifelong and, oh, well, my only my mother-in-law remains uh, lifelong friends. Ruth, Michelle's late mom, and my mother-in-law were inseparable friends. Wow! And wow. In their young years and in their older years, there mm, are connections on yes. so many levels. Deep, deep connections. Deep yes. connections. But also, you both lost your mothers. Yeah, we did. At we what did. age was it? Round about the same time? No, no, no. Ruth, uh, Michelle's mother, died. She lived a long, lot longer than my mother. I was 24 when my mom got cancer. She was 45, my mother. Oh, she was so young. So young, so young. And, of course, you had also lost your dad when you yeah. were 17. Yeah. And yeah. your mother was just a shining light. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I can only imagine how shocking it must have been. But she really turned towards being incredibly positive. Yes. And went yes. and helped other people. Maybe yes. you can just expand on that. Sure. Linda. First of all, my dad was 13 years older than her, which didn't make him old when he passed away. He had a very sudden heart attack at 52 years old. He'd Again, so young. Very young. Mm. They'd gone dinner dancing the night before. Mm. He'd played golf that morning, and I had never seen him sick a day. And I was writing my matric final starting on the Monday morning. This was Sunday evening. I was sitting on his lap telling him how much I had to go through before I could go away with my friends to Cape Town. And he looked at me and he said, Lindy, remember this. This too will pass. Whatever you're going through, it will pass. And little did I know how much I had to go through because Gee, in the middle of the night he had a massive coronary and I was woken at five in the morning. To be told that he passed away, it was sudden, you know, look, there was no, 
no no warning that we have today and you know that we we're just so much more educated Mm. in this kind of thing today Mm. it was just touch and go and Unfortunately, that was my big wake-up call. What a shock. Shock, shock. In matric, when the world my is your final, your finals, yes. and obviously so close to your dad that that's very, the kind of very. insight and words of wisdom yeah. that he shared with you. Yeah, yeah, very close. And that must have been tough. Yeah. I didn't particularly like my mom through my teenage years. We had a rather rough adolescent period between really? me and her, mm. yes, and, and he was really my life. But you know what? We learned to smile and we learned to co- to cope and continue. And my mother was very young, as I she was thirty nine with four children. I'm the oh, oldest. Goodness. My wow. baby brother was four, so she had like she was so devastated. Oh. She was. They were very happily married, very mm-hmm. happy, and she thought marriage was happy. So eighteen months later, she remarried, thinking she would find happiness again. But she never ever got over my dad. She was just unfortunately filled with bitterness and resentment that this new husband was not my dad. Wasn't your dad. Mm. And yeah, it, it, it led to a lot of illness and unfortunately. It's uh, so sad. Yeah, very sad. That is so, so sad yeah. because she, as you say, she married again because she just wanted that, that wonderful, happiness. that happiness, yes. that kind of a yes. relationship. But, Tell me about your mom in terms of the positive thinking. Okay. So which, which impacted you? Because right. you talk about this period of time when you were teenagers. Yes. Yes. No, and I'm sure like there are many people who can relate. <laughs> I mean, you know, when my son first started, I thought, what, where's he, what, who is this? Where's he gone? I felt yeah. so sad. Yeah. I felt like I'd lost someone. Yeah. You know, we go through those stages and then every now and then I see the glimpse and I'm like, oh, and it's tough. It's very, tough parenting very, teenagers, and it's tough very, being a teenager. Yes, you no, know? I, I felt completely misunderstood. Mm. Not that there was much information in those years, mm. and my mom turned straight to our rabbi, who we we there was no Yiddish card forty five years ago, forty six years ago. There was no Yiddish card, and uh, he just said, "Judy, just close one door and open another," and that was his his, con- his consolation. Yeah, oh. and and my mom was. Bereft. So she started searching and searching and she met Dr. Reg Barrett. Many people have heard of him. He spoke on the radio every morning called Living Your Life. I think 15 minutes every morning. It was beautiful. And uh, she called him her spiritual lover. And she started studying with him and learning with him. And that was the only thing that gave her you know, koyach and faith and, and trust that there would be a happy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So she found unbelievable fulfillment in this positive truth, path mm. of positive truth. Because mm. um, she was looking for something. Oh, yes. As you yes. say, unfortunately, the rabbi didn't provide no. it, and she was looking for yeah. answers. Yeah, she was. And um, I, as she found, and there were no books in those days either mm. written on this. There was Norman Vincent Peale. I think he wrote a marvelous book. Um, the Power of Positive Thinking in 1927. So, oh, wow. we, we, so she studied that book. <laughs> and, and these days there are hundreds and hundreds, hundreds. and hundreds of books. Yeah, yeah. No, it's on out, the book there, out there. And our mm. Torah is mm. teaching us exactly the same thing. And I started to become from and finding I was coming from Pretoria to Johannesburg to Shiurim. Um, the Lipskas and the Goldmans had come to South Africa by Rukh Hashem. We had Yiddish cards starting here. Chabad. Chabad. Right. Absolutely. Michelle's friends and Michelle became Chabad very early as well. And I found it all in Torah, which was the biggest encouragement for me. Everything I learned was repeated in my rabbi's Shiurim. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And, um, that my mom and I um, shared our learning as she read or learned, she would share with me, and we had that as a as a basis to to bond us again. In fact, the minute I married, she, we she um, we became close friends. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, you're saying that so many of these answers and so much of the wisdom is in the Torah, and there your mother is looking at positive thinking, and you're coming from the Torah. Was it an effortless link? Between the one and the other? Brilliant question, Nikki. No, not at all. In those years, many, many years ago, we're talking 35 years ago, a positive thinking was like almost viewed as a cult by the religious world, and then mm-hmm. there was Torah. Right. And I 
tried and managed by Ruch Hashem to bridge that gap because mm-hmm. I just kept on hearing it through my Torah right. Shurim. Right. But it, I faced many years of, of raised eyebrows and people wondering what I'm on about. And then thank God the, the connection was made and Torah and Yiddishkeit and positive thinking and positive truth is, is one. Mm. It's, it's very special. So that's how she became very interested. And unfortunately, she was desperately unhappy with my, my stepfather and as I said to you it wasn't her his fault I think she was just very sad that uh, and, and resentful that he wasn't my dad and many many uh, a- areas of her health started to fail and then one day when I was 24 feeding my baby breastfeeding my new baby she discovered that she had breast cancer and that was the beginning of our journey together for for 11 years wow. Let's take a break. Um, and I want to talk about that journey. And, you know, you, you spoke about it was this stage that finally the two of you bonded. And let's talk about that bonding when you know that someone you love is fighting Wonderful. a terminal okay. illness. Stay Thank with you. us. We're going Thank to be you. right back. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Well, welcome back. Thanks so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I have the, Lund- the lovely Linda Levy in the studio, um, who is a motivational speaker. And uh, Linda's been sharing her story um, of her upbringing, her connection with Michelle Goodman from a young age. But Linda, just before the break, you were talking about at the age of 24, breastfeeding your child and your mother telling you that she had breast cancer. What a shock that must have been. Yeah, it really was. It really was. After everything that you yes, had been through, yes. everything, and the two of you and the coming yes. together, and now this. Yeah. Everything she had been through, mm. particularly, I, I felt more it was her journey starting then. But as it happened, we shared this journey. I went to every single appointment with her, every single blood test I took her for. Whatever was going on, I was there partnering with her. And feeling her pain, and she was incredibly positive, incredibly. Initially, she said she had a breast removed. She said, well, she said, I've done my dash. I fed my children. I don't need it anymore. She was unbelievably positive. And um, given this uh, work with Reg Barrett, she was feeding herself this positivity all the time. And I, I remember... At, I mean, she changed doctors a few times because one doctor, Dr. Martin Chazen, who grew up with us in, in, in our, he was a neighbor of ours. Mm-hmm. He was a fabulous um, oncologist and he went to live in, in Canada. And we, ch- we found another one. And this doctor, Dr. Vorobiov, who was also very special to her, said to her um, one day, he, he looked at her and he said, uh, Judy, you need to go for more blood tests now. I'm just looking at your file. And he sent her for blood tests, and the two of us sat together, me and the doctor. And he, I said to him, doctor, is this not looking good? This is after about 10 years of... He said, Linda, look at the size of this file. He said, this woman is a walking miracle. Mm. He said, she shouldn't have been alive. This is now 10 years down the line, and she's still walking. And when we went home, my mom said to me, so Linda, do we have to dive in harder? Do we have to pray harder? And I said, yes, ma. That was how positive. She didn't ask, am I dying or what? She asked in that way. Mm. And I said, yes, ma, we need to. So she said, take me shopping. I want to buy walking shoes. I'm going to Greece. Oh, wow. I'm going to go to Greece for two weeks and let's go shopping for walking shoes. And that was how she dealt with us. I feel so uplifted yeah, as you've just said that to me. She, she, we went to get walking shoes uh, straight off to a chemo session. Mm-hmm. And um, she found beautiful walking shoes. And then we went past a flight center to get a brochure on Greece. She wanted to see what was available. And she took that flight center brochure and she cut it into pieces, took the pictures and made a vision board. Oh, you heard of wow, a vision board? Cool. Yeah, well, tell us. Tell uh, us so what a vision board is. A vision board is just of all the things you want to see happen in your life. Mm. And in the middle was her beaming in, in good health and all the islands around her. And thank, thank you, God, for making me healthy enough to be able to do this. And she would put this big a poster board with all these beautiful pictures and her own sayings where she was thanking God for her health and for everything 
And she put it on her dressing table So it was the first thing she saw in the morning And the last thing she saw at night When she went to bed And she felt it She would feel it with her being mm. And uh, it always unfolded She traveled so much um, Not with my stepfather Yes, some with him but um, and he he travelled a lot lot of her distance with her with this with this cancer, and she would be so so positive. And the doctor was she still in treatment? Oh, was yes. she still? Yes. Are you all saying the time. for those ten mm. months, for those ten years, was she on chemo on and off? On and off. On and she off. went for the initial um, uh, removal of the breast. She didn't need chemo, so for mm-hmm. five years she was fine. Okay. But she had one awful. Traumatic, very unhappy journey with her new husband, mm. which I think fueled the fire. I don't think it made her feel better. Mm. And then they discovered it had, had gone to her bones that the next stage. And, you know, I said to her one day, I said, Ma, can you just think, uh, go back to how you've been speaking to me for the last 10 years? You've been saying to me, Linda, he's eating me up. He kriegs me in the beina. Said, Listen, he's eating you up. What is that? That mm. is, and and with such feeling and emotion, that's the cancer eating you up mm. and cracking me in the bane. That's her bones, and look where it settled. And she was stunned. She learned this. She taught this, and yet it just when it's you so subjectively involved, she just didn't see it. So this is what we teach, you know, what I learned from experience. We have to watch every word we say. We have to watch our feelings, watch how we're thinking, and just try and keep it as positive and as uplifting as possible. Mm. Definitely to acknowledge how we're feeling. Mm. Yes, I'm feeling devastated by this new occurrence in my life, allowing it to unfold. And then somehow when we acknowledge, it just gets processed, and we move into the next cycle, which is healing. Mm. And uh, she was amazing through her whole journey. And as I said to you, you know, she, she eventually, my father and my stepfather, they did get divorced, but they landed up both living in Jaffa towards the end of their years, in, which is an aged home in Pretoria. And they both died in, within six weeks of each other. So it was a sad How old thing. was your mom? She was 56. She was 56. 56. She was so young. So and he young. was, how old was he? He was 20 years old. Oh, wow. She'd always gone for men. Oh, gee, was she liked older, older men? Well, he had no wife and he had no children, so he seemed to have less baggage. Mm-hmm. But what can I say? She, she really took her experience and she grew so much through it, Nikki, through her learning, her positive living. She learned the power of our thoughts to just keep on thinking positively and to keep on speaking positively words that we want to see in our lives, things that we need to and would love to see in our our lives. And um, just also her attitude to life was amazing. Mm. You know, she just was so upbeat going through this tough marriage and her illness. And uh, I never forget Dr. Bernie uh, Siegel. He's an extraordinary oncologist in America. I'm not sure if he's still alive, but in those years he was writing books on his extraordinary patients. Mm. And he said the following. He said, you know you have beaten cancer when you learn to live properly, even if you die. Mm. And I think that line saved me because I couldn't imagine she would ever die. I Mm. thought this would overcome, Mm. but she did learn to live properly Mm. with purpose and with love and with forgiveness and with with uh, consciousness and awareness and kindness and communication and love. Mm. You know, she exuded all those What things. a story. Wow, yeah. Linda. I mean, what a loss. But there was a lot of gaining. I mean, within that period of time, as you say, yeah. she yeah. lived consciously. Yeah, How many people are just yeah. living unconsciously? Now, you, you spoke about something, and I want to rewind and go back to positive thinking you know there's a lot attached to this positive thinking when someone isn't feeling positive when they've just been diagnosed with cancer or some other illness or they've lost someone something how do you turn something like that into a positive thought you mentioned earlier a little bit just acknowledgement and but maybe you can just break it down a little bit okay so i I learned, I was on a, on a course a few days ago, an amazing thing which said, um, it's, it's by Sydney Banks who discovered this. It's called the three principles and it certainly goes hand in hand with positive thinking. And the, the main idea here is that we are the only thinkers in our lives, in our minds and in our lives. We cannot think 
anything else. No one can think for us. So we can choose to want that thought or not. And they teach, drop that thought off you. Just move through that thought. Do you want to be ill? No. So let it go. Just let it go. I know it sounds so easy, but the more we practice, the more, you know, able we are to do this. It's, as you say, an awareness, a consciousness of living. Do I want this in my life? No. And let it go. Let it go gently, not force it out. Gently. And if we are the only thinkers in our minds, no one else can be a, a, accountable for what mm. we're going through. Mm. And it definitely comes with practice. And if we choose consciously, I don't want this thought. This, you know, I want health. I want a healing thought. Then I replace all the negative ones <clears throat> with a positive thought like, thank you, God, I am well. I am perfect. Mm. And the more we say these things, Nikki, the more our bodies accept them, the more our cells resonate with them. They say we have an incredibly, incredibly intelligent body. And um, every cell is responding to our thoughts, not just our brain, mm. you know, and, and these things are what we discover along the way. And there is a divine intelligence that's guiding our way. And when we stop thinking negatively and we open to the positive and we start accessing the thoughts we want and the words we want, that intelligence, that divine, divine intelligence comes through us and into us and guides our lives to the right doctor, the right treatment. You know, whatever it is that we need. And as he said, Bernie Siegel, as long as we learn to live properly. You know, I was very privileged last night to be in the Johnny Clegg show. It was actually yesterday afternoon. It was just the most wonderful, awe-inspiring experience. And he had was diagnosed two years ago with pancreatic cancer. Now, my knowledge of that, which thank God is not much, is that it's a few months and it's over. And this is two years later and he's bouncing around on mm, stage. He looks unbelievable. And he told us, this was Sunday yesterday, Sunday, Sunday uh, afternoon. He said that Saturday night, this last Saturday night, his doctor, his surgeon, his doctor and his oncologist were in the audience. And they I was came, there. Really? I was there. They came backstage and they said, well, you Fully in, in, in remission. Mm. They were just beside themselves, so thrilled. Mm. And he was so honest. He, he was so humble. He mm. said to us at the end, he said, no one knows how long I'll be able to do this. This is my farewell. But what also appealed to me was such a, a powerful experience for me was that he, he had a passion to say farewell to his fans. Mm. And that passion drove him, obviously, after his treatment, Drove him into a space where he wanted to create, not fold up and die. Mm. And that is powerful. That is mm. positive. That is saying, I want to sing. I want to dance. Mm. And he spoke about, well, you were there. Oh, All just, those just wonderful. incredible emotions that were part of his his healthy life. Mm. And also he brought his son on stage, Jesse, and he said, my son said that there is no ways we will ever share a stage and sing together. And he said what happened when he got ill was the family came together. Mm. And this is what happens. There's good that comes of mm. illness. Mm. Not that we should need it, but good comes. Good comes. And he said now his sons played with him, singing, holding each other, hugging each other mm. in the most amazing way. And mm. if good comes that these two were reunited again, however... It happened, unfortunately, through a bad thing. It did happen. There's lots of bitterness that never brings people together. And uh, the love that they showed for each other and Jesse Clegg enjoying his father's mm. music was something. It was incredible. It was very, very special to witness and so well explained, beautifully, beautifully explained. And yeah. thank you so much. Let's take a break and we're going to continue. You're just too delicious for words. Stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Well, welcome back. Thank you so much for staying with us. This, of course, is the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination brought to you by 101.9 High FM. And I am Nikki Seberini and I'm loving being in the company of Linda Levy, who is a motivational speaker, sharing her story and her insights and her wisdom. And so beautifully, Linda, I do just want to say that um, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that I would be chatting with Shandy Jacobson, who is the director of Rosh Chodesh Society um, 
the Raw Jewish Learning Institute of Brooklyn, who also has a connection with Michelle. And unfortunately, we're not able to get hold of Shandy. And it's a real pity because she also does, as I said, extraordinary work um, with children, um, looking at grief and loss and suffering and healing. Um, so I do apologize for that. But having Linda is an absolute joy. Linda, Thank you. you know, before the break, we were talking about Johnny Clegg. How amazing. I went to this concert as well. Um, and how accepting he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Just incredibly accepting. And, and, you know, you see that and you have no idea what journey he's on or what journey he has been on to get to this point and this point of acceptance. But what do you have to say about acceptance when it came to your mom and she was so positive and you on that journey with her, how important is acceptance? So when I talk about acceptance, you, you want to fight it. You, you have, you, you have the will to fight it. You, you're being positive. But at what point do you accept? That's such a good question, Nikki. And it's such a, it's such a broad question. Mm. I, I don't understand it myself. I don't think I ever accepted fully that she was going to die. As I said, I, I always believed she would break out of this through her positivity. And I don't think, even though I watched her suffer for 11 years and was so very much a part of her journey, when she actually did die, I was with her and um, I was just, it took me nine months to actually accept. So when you... To accept that she had died. She had passed away, yes. Mm. And I, I think you're asking me, the person who's suffering with mm. it, do they accept? Well, let's look at acceptance in general, because as you said, it's so layered and it's huge. So let's go through all the, 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 the different people in the different stages. So for your mom, let's talk about your mom, the acceptance there. I don't know if she ever accepted it. She didn't, didn't she never accepted Getting worse, mm-hmm. she would always say, as I said, let's go shopping for something. And then off she would go to her on her trip overseas and always have the most special time, mm-hmm. always be well. Mm-hmm. And which was an incredible acceptance, maybe in a way acceptance of what was going on, but not accepting the negative part of right. it. I still want to travel. I right. still want to see. I still want to enjoy. I know she did a magnificent cruise with one of her widowed friends. And uh, the, the time they had was just unbelievable. And, you know, I, I read something amazing this weekend, just so funny that a book fell into my hands by this Dr. Bernie Siegel. And he said, when people are given a year to live, some fold up and die. And others say, well, if I've got one more year to live, I'm going to do what I wanted to do my whole life. And that may be learn to play the violin or go overseas and travel or make up with a family member that, you know. And and he says that the joy each of these people who chose to live the the last year of their life, the joy they experienced from their choice may heal them. Mm. So I guess there's almost an acceptance somewhere that, um, okay, so I'm going to die and I may as well live. I'm going to, may as well live but I don't life. see myself. I'm not going to live like a sick person. Exactly. So within the acceptance, there are many, many facets. Yes. Because it's not acceptance of I'm, I'm, I'm giving in. No. It's an acceptance of what is is. Yes. But I will live and I will enjoy and I will take everything I can. Because I think what we lose sight of the fact is is this: we are all dying. Yes. And oh, I don't yeah. know why we get. So shocked about that we are all dying. No one's excluded. No. Nobody is excluded. No. We are born and we are all dying. And some of us are going to leave sooner rather than later. Do you know? It, yeah. it, and and I, yeah. I think that in Western society, we just simply won't accept the fact. And when I think that when we do, living becomes so much sweeter. Yeah. Because it's not a punishment. No one person is punished because... They're going to be going sooner. Yeah. Or because they've had to endure a particular suffering or an illness or we are all going there. Yeah, we are. And, and you've brought up such an incredible point. I, I, I do counseling with the people who aren't well. Not, it's not my absolute forte, but I, I don't know enough about it to, to be a, a proper, gre- uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, a cancer counselor. Mm-hmm. But one of the mo- main questions that I am asked by people who have had it or are going through it is, 
am I being punished? You mentioned that word now. Mm. Um, is this something I've done wrong that I'm being punished mm. for? And I honestly feel that it is not a punishment. God forbid it's a redirection. I think God is saying, look at what's going on in your life. Look at why you might have come to this situation, why you might have come to this incident or, or, or condition. Let's call it a condition. And accept what's going on here and, and get, be redirected. Look for another way. Such a good way of putting it, being redirected. Being redirected. So let me just share a bit of background on something like that because mm-hmm. it's, it's quite a statement. Mm-hmm. So the most fundamental, I think it is the most fundamental issue in, in Judaism is reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And we have heard very, very little about it in all the years. And I believe that it's a very deep concept and, and people don't want to get into it because they don't know enough about it. You know, so maybe it's something that's been pushed aside. So I, I have studied it, but not, I'm no fundy on it. But one thing I've learned is that when we live this life here on this earth, we then die for whatever reason. We might uh, reach the good old age of 95 and we're ready to go or through illness or whatever. God forbid an accident, whatever we, we pass on to the next world. And that next world is called the world of souls. And there we look down into Life that we've just lived. Okay, we look back into the earth, which we call the university of life. And that earth plane, we see so clearly from Shamayim, from the heavens, what we came in our last lifetime to perfect, what we came to work through, what we came to perfect. And we chose it. We, or it was chosen for us, for us. And we, Okay it before we come down here, Hashem or the angel show this to us what we are going to go through and we actually okay it. If it's too much we say no thank you, it's too hard for me and we move out of it. Okay, and we decide no we're not and we choose other things to to experience. However, when we get to Shamaim after we've lived here and we look back at the life we've just lived and see how we fell short of the, the things that we chose to come back to fulfill, that is hell for us. It's not that we go to a hell. And I heard this from a Shiura this week. We don't go to a place where there's hell and damnation and fire and all that. We go to a place of such disappointment in ourselves for having missed this journey we've just had. And there's nothing right or wrong about it. It's just a choice we made and maybe a waste of time at the end of the day. And when we go back to the, the world of souls, we see clearly that relationship that was so impossible for me to go through. I pushed it under the carpet. I cut them out. I decided it was easier for me to just, you know, live my life without that person. And and we see when we pass on that that was why we came. That person was perfect for us to refine our souls. And each of us have what I call those gifts. Each and every one of us. There's none of us that don't have a gift or more gifts in our lives. And when we understand that this is what we came for, then we see our lives here on earth with such meaning and purpose. The suffering that we go through, the difficult relationships, the hardship, the illness, we see it. And I'm saying to you, maybe we went, oh, so what I'm saying is the path we choose from that perspective before we come down to earth, where I said we are shown all the things that will really grow us, that path is God's plan for us. Okay, we've chosen it with Hashem. He is walked us through with him, the angels, whatever, and we have okayed what we are now going to go through. So we come down, and once we come down here, we forget it. We it, we don't get born with a manual saying, this person, watch out for them, or, you know, this situation in your life is going to be very difficult. That's what you've come to to work through. Nothing. We don't know anything about it. We forget what it's all about. And then we blonze it through, and we go off God's plan for us, and we go on to man's plan. And when we go on to man's plan, that's where we start getting these nudges that Hashem is trying to nudge us back onto God's plan for us. And when we nudged too much and we're ignoring those nudges, then we get what, um, I can't remember his name, Mike Lipkin used to call an AAK, an attitude adjusting club, where we eventually get, or God gets our attention and we say, 
God, what do you want from me? This is just too much for me. But at least it's made us aware that there is God. And we're looking for God, some of us, for the first time. So difficulties, tragedies, all these things are hard to endure. But they have a reason and they have deep meaning. And I'm saying to you, when we go off God's plan for us onto man's plan, that's when we get these little nudges back. Some of us have chosen a rougher, a rougher life, yeah. Not, it's hard to go to, but we going up that mountain, soaring up it. You know, I, I once heard a, a beautiful idea that we can go round that mountain slowly, slowly along that path, climbing to the top slowly, slowly, and that's perfect. Or we can surge to the top, you know, going through difficult things, but reaching our 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 high place and reaching our our God realization. So it, there's much to be uh, said for redirection. So I see that that God is just saying, I love you. I want you to come back onto my plan for you, the plan you chose. And that is the redirection I'm talking about, not the punishment that we seem to feel that we are having. Wow, Linda. that It was an amazing thing to sit here and watch you go on that journey of Information that just came through you. Welcome back. Thank you. Who was talking? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Hashem. He talks to me all the time. (laughs) It was quite amazing to witness, I have to say. Do you do a lot of counseling? Not a lot. Mm. It's it's not good for me. I find it hard to separate. You know, like my husband keeps saying, you you give too much and then, you know, you take it on. But I try to help as much as I can and I'm trying to learn to, you know, pull down that blind that I don't accept all the emotion that's coming from the people. Mm. And I'm so grateful when people, you know, get a resolution, you know, whatever. But it is never me. It is God's guidance. Mm. Has it always I, been I know like that. that. Uh, more and more, more and more. Mm. Uh, I can't even account for what used to be, but now uh, I'm hearing this person sharing something very deep with me, and I'm totally on their side. And then mm. I say, what are they doing here? Mm. And then I say, Hashem, guide me. And then I come up with something completely opposite to what they're going through, mm. and it, it, they see it. They mm. actually see it and I see this person needs to be loved, not chased away. Mm. You know, and it's usually relationships. It's just such a complicated one. And unfortunately, I think that's what brought my mom to her sickness was just dealing with this man who she wasn't given a chance to be loved because mm. she was just still so, you know, connected to my father. And I think that was such a hard thing. So it was a very hard marriage. Very hard, and unfortunately, both of them endured a lot of pain and, and a lot of a lot of illness. But I'm saying, but as you not, said, so interesting that they passed within six weeks six of one weeks another. Of what, really, of one yes. another, yes, really, six really. Weeks. Yes. So, so yeah. what do you do with the DL link? Do you do a lot of these kind of talks? Do you? Um, I have, I have given quite a few in the in the past. Um, I have counseled people and just shared ideas. You know, sometimes I don't have to heal them from their, their, their illness because I, I can't. But sometimes just opening an awareness to something they're going through, just listening and hearing what they're going through. And I can add a, a spiritual, you know, perspective just changes things. And mm. then they move in that direction. And as I said earlier, Bernie Siegel said, you know, you've beaten cancer. When you learn to live properly with awareness and with with purpose and consciousness, even if you die. Mm. And I think that was part of the, the acceptance I came to when I heard that because my mom certainly learned how to live properly. If you say that again, say it again and change it to if you live, if when, what did you, how did it end with if when you? Even if you die. Even, and it should really be even when. Even when you die. Even when right. you die. It's right. that idea that we all are. Yeah. And that we all should be living with purpose, yeah. with, with, within the relationship, supporting one another. Imagine we could all live our lives oh, that way that every day be. without, as you're saying, Hashem coming in and saying, just remember this. Yeah. 
The and nurtures, if we could the all, nurtures, if we yeah. could, as human beings, having the human being experience, be present and yeah. conscious yeah. and open and, and loving, loving, and, loving. and I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things. You know, they say that each and every one of us comes back with two purpose, with with with, with our own purpose. That's what Hashem's shown us. There, from that perspective, we come back to sort out that relationship, this issue, this whatever. And but every one of us. Are given two common ones. Every one of us, two common purposes here on life. The first one is we need to bring more love into this world. And interestingly enough, how do we do this? By dealing with difficult people and difficult relationships. The easy relationships are easy. It's easy to love them. But the difficult relationships, that's what brings us, it stretches us out and brings us mm. closer to to love, mm. brings us out more love into this world. Mm. And the second one, which by me is number one, the most important, is we all put here to get closer to God, each and every one of us. We need to, and our Often I always say to the people I'm counseling, whether it's a relationship issue, a health issue, a financial issue, whatever it is, I said, this is the pekala, the package that God has given you because he wants you to look for him. He wants you to find him and bring him into your life. Hmm. And I don't say that in a religious way. As I've always tell my people who sit in front of me, I don't tell people to be religious. I just tell them to be godly. And when we are godly, we access so much um, of of Hashem's grace and His goodness and His kindness, and and that's where faith comes in. In fact, there was a, a young boy who who was diagnosed with a brain tumor, I think, a couple of years ago, and it might even be more recent. I don't know. And he had all these scans, and there was the tumor, very, very there. And he said these words, and I've never forgotten them. In fact, they're on my dressing table. He said, where there is hope, there is faith. And where there is faith, there is no fear. There is only emunah. And there's only God. And this comes from a teenager. And when they, months later, x-rayed his brain before operating, there was no brain, there was no tumor. He had a complete refuah. Mm. So I think he, that, that was unfortunately, his mantra. And, uh, but and it doesn't happen to everybody, no, unfortunately. No. And it's the of thing is, we, not. you know, what is is, and we can't, we yeah. can't change sometimes what is. And I suppose it's the faith and the belief in something yeah. bigger that can help us get through that which is, that which is. This feels like a shiur. We have gone so deep. It has been too <laughs> wonderful. And I hope that you're enjoying this. I mean, I'm having a conversation with Linda, and you're certainly a part of this huge conversation. So we're going to take a break, um, and we're going to come back, and we're going to continue. And I'm just going to, we're going to look at the mind very quickly in those thoughts. So stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL link. Welcome back. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. And I would say that today's show is definitely about illumination. Linda Levy, who's a motivational speaker, has certainly lit a light of warmth and spirituality in the studio this afternoon. Um, Linda, just really, as I said, it's been like a shiur. It's watching you close your eyes and then all of a sudden these words come to you. It's quite an experience to watch it happening. I, I want to just put something to you. You know, you're talking about Hashem and you're talking about God's way and the choosing and um, that we have this path and we have God's path and then we have man's path. man's path, right. And, you know, I came across this incredible woman who her teachings have changed so much um, about the way I think and the way I see things. And her name's Byron Katie. I mentioned her to you off air. And she's helped Thousands upon thousands of people rid their minds of stressful thoughts because she says this mind is, you know, we have exactly like the three principles. We have all of these thoughts, right? And we need, we, we shouldn't judge them. The, the thoughts just come and they go, but sometimes they get stuck there. And sometimes we make up stories and we have these illusions about what really is happening, but it's not really happening at all. We just need to question it. And so she says there are three businesses. Okay, she mm-hmm. says there is my business, that which I can take control over. Then there's your business, and I have no place to be in your business. It's your business, and there's God's business. Hmm. 
You know, what what God decides, whether it's illness or earthquakes, that is God's business. And we were talking about acceptance. And that, don't you think that's a wonderful way of negotiating acceptance? Beautiful. My business, your business, and God's business. Because she says that when you're in everybody else's business, you're just not in yours. And you just need to be in your business dealing with what you have to deal with. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've heard of her, but I've never studied what she says. But back to the three principles, and I'll just um, uh, illustrate what they are. The first principle is mind. The second is thought. And the third is consciousness. So the idea behind this is that mind is divine. What comes through into our, into our mind as thoughts is a divine uh, you know, from a divine source. Well, this is how I understand it. I'm no fundi. But and then we have the thought, which creates a feeling. So as you said, you can create the biggest story and the biggest feeling from your thought. And it's just your thought. It doesn't have any truth. And we've created the panic, the fear, the stress, whatever it is that we do with our own thoughts, they create the feelings. And only we can feel the feelings and we can create the feelings. So uh, as Katie says, it's best to let those thoughts go. If you don't want those thoughts and you're creating negative with them and fear and, and panic, let them go. Let them go. And I just thank God for helping me. But if it's something that really sticks, as you say, some of them stick, some are easier to let go. Then just I thank Hashem for clearing my mind and I put in a positive um, alternative thought. You know, and, and I feel the gratitude in my gut for, for you know, that there's no power there and mm-hmm. it's just all good. And I, I thank Hashem. I mean, I'm very big on affirmations and getting rid of the... The, the negative mindset and I do that through I don't like to say controlling my thoughts but certainly um, align, align, be conscious. being conscious of them for of, sure of what's come, and, what's showing up exactly and, oh. and allowing them to go as I don't need them I, I, a negative thought will come and I'll just say don't want that don't need that and it will just as they say fall off me and um the consciousness is what the energy we put into it. That's mm. the third principle. So we have the mind that drops the thought in, the thought that now has a choice to either build on it and and have the feeling, and the feeling, the consciousness creates the feeling. That is all the energy, the the, the whatever we put into that thought. That's what consciousness is doing. That thought otherwise has no power to affect us whatsoever mm. until we add consciousness, and that is. Adding our drama, our story, and our fears that come, and our, mm. you know, our, our anger often come. Mm. We, we're having this fight in our minds. Mm. And nobody's there. No one's there. And yes, it's, mm. and yet it's very real. Mm. Mm. I think that, um, I think it's fascinating, Linda, that we've discussed this. And I, and I think that if anything, if you, if, if, and I know that you've got something you'd like to read, but if there's, because we've spoken about so many different things, but if there, Maybe just to unpack one or two things that if people have been listening that they should walk away with, what's really important to stand out? That the mind is, that you need to be conscious of your thoughts? Can I be honest? Mm. I think it's to try and be happy. To try and be happy. And and happy is accepting. You mm. mentioned that word many times. Mm. Accepting whatever is in our way. Mm. That there's reason, there's a, a, a power greater than us that knows that good will come of this. We don't see it, but if we work with it in the right way, with an awareness and consciousness that whatever I am going through is for a reason. It's not just interfering with my need to have fun and, and, and be happy. It's, it's what we need. And I learned also recently we can be happy even in our sadness mm. and be happy even in our difficult situations. Mm. It's, it's not dependent on what mm. we're going through. Mm. And that's another big thing coming from the three principles that it's not dependent on our circumstances have no power to make us angry, bitter, resentful, uh, fearful. We thinking 
we're doing the thinking, and if we choose not to think, they have no power. Mm. So it's, it's deep and wonderful. Lovely. And, um, oh, well, maybe you you've started something. Learning. Yes, for a lot of people who are listening, it's always wonderful to I open up so. a door and then a window and then maybe just another door and explore. That's one of the wonderful things about mm. this lifetime, yeah. exploration and growth. What did you want to read? What have you got So I, I read something so beautiful. It always is so synchronistic. Just when I'm thinking about what I'm going to say today, I got this from uh, Rabbi David Macinta sent it to me, and it is by Rabbi Yossi Jacobson from America, who is just an incredibly wise soul. And it's about the, the, the Ten Commandments, the tablets that Moshe Rabbeinu broke. And it says, he says like this, he says, Moses did not break the tablets because he was angry and lost his control. Rather, the breaking of the tablets was the beginning of the healing process. Before the golden calf was created, the Jews could find God within the wholesomeness of the tablets, within the spiritual wholesomeness of life. Now, after the people had created the golden calf, hope was not lost. Now they would find God in the shattered pieces of a once beautiful dream. Moses was teaching the Jewish people that not only the whole Whole, as in W-H-O-L-E, the whole tablets, but also the broken ones were situated in the Holy of Holies in the Mishkan. And this conveyed the message that from the broken pieces of life, we can create a Holy of Holies. So God tells us, he affirms that Moses' decision to break the tablets was the right one. God told him, thank you for breaking them. Because the broken tablets, representing the shattered pieces of human existence, have their own story to tell. They contain a light all their own. Truth is not found only in wholesomeness, but also sometimes primarily in the broken fragments of the human spirit. There are moments when God desires that we connect to him as wholesome people, with clarity and a sense of fullness, There are yet deeper moments when he desires that we find him in the shattered experiences of our lives. So we hope and pray to always enjoy the whole tablets, that when we encounter the broken ones, we must not run from them or become dejected by them. With tenderness, we ought to embrace them and bring them into our personal Holy of Holies, recalling the observation of one of the Rebbe's who said, There is nothing more whole than a broken heart. And the last beautiful thing, and with this I will end, is that uh, uh, Ernest Hemingway said, The world breaks everyone, and afterwards some are stronger in the broken places. Mm. Thank you for sharing with me. Linda, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Most enlightening. It's been thank really, you, really, very special. special. Linda Levy, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you have enjoyed this enlightening show. Um, always a reminder that at the DL link, they're always looking for volunteers. If you've got some time, you'd like to volunteer some of your time to the DL link. Um, if you'd like to help in any way, why don't you give them a call on 011-485-3269 so they can, can continue to do the extraordinary work that they do. For me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, you take care. Goodbye.